sometimes we become spoiled in Pentecost. I think probably at this point, we are already spoiled. So what we think is the context and the completeness of a message for a service. You can be seated. I turned, I was in the youth rally Friday night. Brother Matt Ewing was the speaker. He prefaced his remarks this way. He said, this will probably be the shortest sermon you've ever heard. And he said, your response will determine whether the message was what God wanted. He read a half a scripture and he shouted to the congregation, turn around. He reread the half a scripture, which was Romans 6, 23, quoted for me, Brother Joe. For the wages of sin is death. They didn't go to the rest of it. And he said, turn around. And he began to name a few things that probably that young crowd was dealing with and probably this crowd was dealing with. And probably in two minutes, he was done. And he walked away from the pulpit. And young people began to stand up in the congregation and make their way to the altar until the altar was filled. And some 45 minutes later, I left and they were still in the altar, still seeking God, still praying, being renewed, repenting, and getting right with God. But we come and we want a pretty sermon. We want a lot of illustrations. Tell me a good story. But maybe God already gave the message tonight. I said, maybe God already preached a sermon tonight. And we're saying, well, I'm waiting for pastor. I'm waiting for pastor to do it. I believe God already has been trying to speak in this house tonight. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with the word that we heard already? The scripture that God gave me for the night, and I've, I've tried my best to build a message around it, probably from the, the same context of thought that I have just addressed, that we needed something to go with it. First Corinthians 12 and 31 said, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. And uh, we know that he goes into Romans or 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and he talks about the love, the power of love and that everything that we do in the operation of the Spirit in our life must be from that standpoint of the love of God within us and 
Every, every gift that operates within us must come from the basis of that love relationship that we have with God. And every power gift within us, when it is used for God, must come from that love basis within our life. But the point of the, the thing that I felt like God was speaking to me about was not the chapter 13, but a more excellent way. God's way. God's way is a better way. It's a higher way. It's the best way. It's the only way. God's way. I guess what moved me was I, uh, my feeling was I, I look around at my community and I look at my neighbors and I, I say, well, it, it seems like they're doing well. They, their, their house is nice. Their, their car is nice and uh, they dress nice. And it seems like they, they live good lives and their kids are good. And, and if, if we're not careful, we begin to think that they've got a good way going in their life. Everything's lovely. It just all's working out. Maybe I don't need to tell them about Jesus. Maybe I don't need to fast and pray for their salvation because, you know, it's going pretty good for them. Maybe I just leave them alone and let them live their life and I'll live my life and I'll be an apostolic and they'll be lost. But there's a more excellent way. There's a more excellent way that I must introduce them to. There's a more excellent way in their life. Because while I may see the veneer, while I may see all the things that I just mentioned, what I don't see is what needs a Jesus fix in their life. I don't see the turmoil in their spirit. I don't see them laying awake at night wondering what will happen if they die that night. I don't see them in their confusion and their domestic issues within their family. I don't see them with their personal struggles, with their personal things in their life and their purity or the lack of it in their life. The morality issues in their life. I don't see that because it's not on public display most of the time. It's hidden behind that beautiful veneer that we've got a nice house, we've got a nice car and all the kids are behaving. There's a more excellent way. There's a more excellent way. There is a heaven and there is a hell. I like the good news that there is a heaven, but also that same gospel that preached to us, there is a heaven, also lets us know there is a hell. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 31. The scripture said, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. I guess it's been a couple of years ago that our neighbor Wade Roberts came over and to the office and he sat down and he shared with me a dream that he had and he talked about he said there there is a hell he said there really is he said i had a dream or a vision or something and he said i was i was walking a path and he said i could 
I could see that people were falling into hell and there were roads that led off of the path that I was on and, and it would always lead down into hell and it was leading away from the right path. But he said, I kept hearing a voice behind me saying, this is stay on the path, stay on this path, keep walking this path. I understand that he has traveled to probably many parishes within the Catholic Church and, and told that story and, and tried to awaken the mind, the heart of men. I said, Wade, there is a scripture that goes with what you had to say. We talked about this scripture that God said to the prophet when he was speaking to the nation of Israel and he said, there is, there is a way. This is the way. You've got to walk in it. You don't turn to the right. You don't turn to the left. There are many things, there are many attractions that pull to us on this way. They're beckoning for us to turn aside for a little while, just a little while. Maybe for a little pleasure. Maybe, maybe it's, it's okay. It, maybe it won't be hurt. Maybe you won't be lost. Maybe you can get back on the path, it says to us. But there is a voice if we'll hear it. There's a voice speaking in our life that's saying, stay on the straight and narrow. What did Jesus say? Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there's a lot of company on it. But he said, narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that go that way. We may not have the most company on our walk tonight. But if we're walking the straight and narrow way, we're headed somewhere that will make the journey worth it. Depends on what you want to have. Do you want to have it here or you want to have it there? You want to have your pleasure and your joy and your satisfaction complete here or do you want to have it there? I want mine there. Oh, this is the greatest life, I have to admit. This is the best way. This is the most excellent way. This is the God way and there is no other way. There's no better way. Isaiah 35 and 8 said, A highway shall be there, a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. I'm so thankful for God's way. I'm so very thankful for the highway, the most excellent path, we know a lot of people today that have discounted scriptures in the Word of God like this and say, that's not important anymore. It's a new day. It's a new thing. We're doing things different today. Well, people may be doing things different, but God hadn't changed. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. You say, well, pastor, it's, it's a new day. I know we have new methods but the message is the same. We have new ways of touching lives and hearts. We understand that. But what we are and who we are must remain. A holy people. A faithful people. A righteous people. A people that walk a holy way. The world is getting more attractive, or is it? Its lights are... Glittering brighter, or is it really? 
When we walk in the light, as he is in the light, is there anything brighter? Is there any light any brighter? I find that when I began to walk away from the light, that other lights become brighter and more attractive. I find that when my eyes turn from the goal, that I began to see the earthly goal. Proverbs 16 and 17 said, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. You say, well, grace covers it all. Well, does it? What about your responsibility? What about the Proverbs that said, he that keepeth his way? There's something I need to do. There's something you need to do. No, I can't save myself. Only he alone can save me. But when he saved me, he put a responsibility within me to walk in righteousness and godliness and holiness. Proverbs 4 and 25 said, Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of your feet. Let thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. I don't know why I'd need to say more. The Lord, the Word, has already said it. In case you're wondering whether there's any value in the Old Testament, quit quoting the 23rd Psalms like you believe it. For the people that say, well, that's the Old Testament, just leave, leave all those wonderful psalms along that you're always quoting. Leave all those proverbs along that you're quoting. All those scriptures about in, in Jeremiah where the promise of the Lord is to you and the hope that God has for you. Just leave all that alone if the Old Testament's not important to you. And it's not the Word of God. But it is the Word of God. We have one Bible. It's the old and the new. It's one book. And the men that wrote the new wrote it as a commentary on the old. They didn't throw away the old. They didn't say God gave us something new here and we don't need the old anymore. No, they said this is what we had and you'll find it continually quoted in the New Testament. I thank God for the book. I thank God that it's good from cover to cover. Amen. Don't be deceived. There's many voices out there are speaking in our lives. There are many voices that are trying to tell us, and not all of them are in the wickedness of the world. Some of them are in sheep's clothing. Some of them say they are shepherds. But be careful. Be not deceived. We desire a better lifestyle. Brother Joe mentioned it. But while that's not totally wrong, it must always take second place. It must always take second place in our abstaining from the very appearance of evil. 
Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2 said, Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. You say, well, pastor, I don't think what I'm watching, I don't think what I'm reading, I don't think what I'm doing and where I'm going is a sin. But is it adding to your ability to walk close to God? Are you feeling more spiritual when you get through with that event in your life? Whether it's what you spent time watching or whether you were in some kind of entertainment venue, did you feel like you were closer to God or did it pull down on your faith? Remember the world is not really interested in entertaining you. They are interested in educating you. And they are interested in influencing and in influencing your thought patterns and your life and to believe their message. And he said, let us lay aside the sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The reason it's so difficult for us is that patience thing, that waiting thing. Produce, God. Produce now. I want it now. Give it now. Give it to me now. I'm used to working with a microwave, God. And why aren't you working just as quickly as my microwave? We are so affected by it. My wife and I have been looked at by let this new fryer they have that you can just put on your counter. It uses no oil. And I stopped yesterday in the store and I read and I saw on there that it took 18 to 20 minutes for something to cook. And I said, man, I don't know if we want that thing. That thing takes a long time. How long does it take to fry a pork chop in grease? I don't know, Roy. I don't know if I want one of them oilless fryers. That, that's too long. I mean, I, I want something done quick. I read down the list of stuff you cook in there, and, and nothing took less than 18 minutes that I read. Maybe unless it was asparagus or something. That would be good. If you like asparagus. But in, in, our, in, our, in our race, in our race, it's an endurance race. It's not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. We're running. And in a marathon, sometimes you get absolutely worn out. The runner has known, been known to stop and regurgitate. It's because he's, he's feeling so sick from running. And the pain is so intense in his body, he thinks he's going to die. But he realizes, in my training, you've got to press through the pain and you've got to go because it's a marathon. I'm in this thing for the long run. I'm in this thing because the race that is set before us is because Jesus has put it in our life. Because we are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God.
He suffered through it. So you and I can suffer through whatever we need to suffer through. Don't believe the lies of the world. Again, I say they're not all coming from Hollywood. Some of them are coming across pulpits that say you don't have to do all that stuff anymore. Go back to the book. Go back to the book. Our eyes must be set on Jesus Christ. His way is a way of righteousness. We must never forget that all the beauty of this present world is going to be burnt up in a moment. The world worries about global warming. It's going to happen. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10 said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's in all holy lifestyle and godliness. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. So what should we do? The scripture said in Colossians 3 and 2, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Guard your vision, guard your heart, guard your mind. Be careful Little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you say. What you see, you hear. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For there's a Father up above looking down in tender love. Be careful what you do. Be careful what you look at because you could leave the highway of holiness And you could be lost in the byways of sin, the sin of this present world. You see, we are just passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are on a journey. Strange, foreign, dangerous world we're in. But watch out for your soul. For there is nothing more important than getting home. Safely. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't look at the things of the world or gaze. Let your gaze create desires in your heart to be a part of this world. Put on spiritual blinders. Walk in a straight path of holiness. Don't allow sin to become your master. Put your body under subjection. And keep your desires upon the things of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 through 12. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. He said, but such were some of you. But you're washed. You're sanctified. 
You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. He said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient or all things are not necessary. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of enemy, of any. I mentioned this as a prayer request this Monday night, this past Monday night. I said we need to pray lest we become a people that have bought into the system of this world, that we take anything that is prescribed to us. But if we're not careful, there are things that are prescribed that affect our ability spiritually to connect with God's Spirit. You better be careful what you're taking even though it is legal. Because if it hinders your ability to interact with the Holy Ghost, you want to know how? You know? Just go back to when you began your journey. Just go back to where you started and find out, ask yourself a question. Can I connect with the Holy Ghost now like I used to? I've been there. I've had stuff prescribed to me. When I read on the bottle what it would do to me, what it would make my mind do, I put it aside. I went back to the prayer closet, and I asked God to help me. He did. I flushed the stuff down the commode and left it alone. You see, we, we, we tend to sometimes point our finger out there at the world that is bound and hooked by all kind of things. But what are we giving ourselves to? The Apostle Paul said, there's a lot of stuff that's legal for me to do. It's lawful for me to do. But I will not be brought under the power of these things. Be careful what you give yourself to. Every time we stray from the highway of holiness... We miss God's best for our lives. I don't want to miss God's best. God's got so much more for us. He's, been, he's coaxing us in this service tonight. The songs were leading us in that direction. Brother Joe was ministering to us in that direction. Brother Ken was admonishing us in that direction this morning as we are being prodded. But sadly, I see on us a, a look on our face like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if we go that direction or not. I'm saved. This is not a doctrine of unconditional Eternal security. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. You say, well, I, 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 I'm not doing those things that I think the devil would do. Well, the devil's not going to get you where you think he's going to get you. He's going to try to slip up on that area and get into that area of your life where you do not suspect him. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer, and he wants to destroy our lives. It's possible. It's possible 
that we can leave the highway of holiness and we can find ourselves away from God. God never changed. He never moves. He's the same. He remains on the same path. He remains on the same highway. But there's all kinds of things that will pull us aside. I'm talking about a more excellent way. I'm talking about the only way to do this thing. You see those people that live in those nice houses and drive those nice cars, wear those nice clothes, have all those good kids. They are looking to the church for something more. They're looking at you. They're looking at what you do and what, where you go and how you live. If they see your lifestyle is not any different from theirs, they ask themselves the question, why should I go their way? They do all the same things I do. They go all the same places I do. They are involved in all the same stuff I'm involved in. God's way is a, a way of separation. He said, come you out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. Sadly, we have cleaned up so much that God has never cleaned up. We have made it okay when God has never made it okay. We have allowed it when God has never allowed it. Galatians 3 and 1 said, The Apostle Paul was dealing with, with people that he birthed, the church that he brought in. And now he's writing to them and he said, Oh, foolish Galatian. Who bewitched you? Who, 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 who fooled you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth and crucified among you? And then he goes on to chapter 5 and he said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, what the Apostle Paul was dealing with in bondage and what we are dealing with with being bound are two different things. The Apostle Paul was dealing with that infant church that had come out of Judaism and were being enticed back into doing all the ceremonial aspects of the law that Jesus Christ had fulfilled. And he said, you do not need to be bound by those things again. You have been set free. Today we have been loosed into a liberty. Jesus has delivered us. We came into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He set us free. Why are we going back to the things that he delivered us from? Why are we embracing again and being bound again by stuff that God He said... In 5 and 13, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. The apostle said, we're not careful. We have all this spiritual liberty. We feel like we can do what we want. We mature and we say, well, I, I had to give it up when I came to God, but I can embrace it now because I'm mature. I can handle it now. 
Can you? Go back and ask yourself the question. What is my spiritual life now compared to when Jesus saved me? What is it like compared to a month after he saved me? Two years after he saved me? Where am I now in comparison to my most vibrant time in relationship with God? And then we might examine what we have re-embraced that Jesus once delivered us from. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians and he said, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Sometimes the message that you hear like this one tonight is not popular or easy to swallow. And there's times that anger rises up because we don't like the way the word came or we don't sometimes like who presented it. But if the message saves us, if the message saves us, we ought to thank God for it. Because the scripture said, there is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. A more excellent way. I want to embrace the Jesus way. I want to embrace and continue to embrace the way of holiness. I'm not going to say, well, I do this and I might get by. I want to be sure now because the scripture said there are going to be those that get there. They're going to think they made it. And Jesus is going to say, who are you? I don't know you. It's possible to be deceived. Be not deceived. The scripture said, be not deceived. Be not deceived. There's a lot of voices. You can listen to a lot of people. You can watch a lot of television preachers. They're not going to come do your funeral. They're not going to visit you in the hospital. They want you to send them an offering. They say a lot of good stuff, but be careful the stuff that they interject in, that they don't believe the message, they don't believe the doctrine, They're saying a lot of good stuff and we eat it up and first thing we know, we are deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I show you a more excellent way today. I want you to embrace it. I'm here as your pastor to keep you from tripping over stuff, stumbling, turning to the wrong way, left or right, and being lost. I must be saved. I must be saved. I want to hear preaching that saves me. I like preaching that makes me feel good. But I want to hear preaching that saves me. And I pray tonight.
that you will receive the word of God. Let's stand together. Would we pray our hearts right now? Would we just give our hearts in prayer to God right now? In the name of Jesus. Father, we plead your blood today over us as a people. And as the preacher said at the youth rally, it all depends on your response to the word of God. It all depends on your response to the word of God. So I pray today, Lord, for our hearts and our souls to be tender and to be surrendered to you, Lord. That, Lord, if we have failed in our path, as we have followed a wrong path and turned away, Lord, that we would be as clay that we would get back on the potter's wheel and allow you to mold us and shape us and make us and that grace could be applied in our life. Have mercy on our souls today. In the name of Jesus, why don't we make our way to the front right now? I feel like we need to talk to God. We need to spend some time with God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, a more excellent way, God. I don't want just any old way, God. I want the excellent way. I want the tried and the true path, God. I want the right path. I don't want to go just any direction, God. I want the direction that you want me to go. I plead your blood today, Jesus. I plead your blood today, Jesus. I plead your blood for us as a people, Lord. We must be saved, God. We want back what we lost, God. We want back that place and position, Lord, that we lost. I plead your blood today, Jesus. I plead the blood today, Jesus. Pray, God, forgive us, Lord, our sin. Forgive us, Lord. We're turning away from the tried and the true. No, oh, Lord Jesus, ever to embrace what you would do in our lives.